once the world was full of wonders, but it belongs to humans now. We creatures have all but disappeared. Demons, vampires and witches, hiding in plain sight, fearful of discovery, ill at ease even with each other. again to a discovery of witches demons and vampires podcast a weekly discussion of the television series a discovery of witches and with me in the commonwealth virginia hey this is barrett barrett how are you good how are you doing good good and in the state of missouri hi this is kevin kevin how are you sir uh wishing i could have one more day uh for the weekend yeah i hear Jeez. that <laughs> Indeed. For folks who are curious, uh, we are at darkdiscussions.com, which is part of the Dark Discussions News Network. So we're one of the many podcasts on that network. Uh, that website is also a site where you can uh, find daily news articles. So every day there's a new article that's uh, at least a new article. It's, actually, it's updated all the time uh, with information, news, release notices, um columns, reviews, and, of course, multiple podcasts. So if you follow genre news, it should be a website you go to daily. Uh, you can email us at darkdiscussions at AOL.com or go to darkdiscussions.com and press the Contact Us form link, and uh, you can email us through that as well. Um, so uh, you can find us wherever podcasts are found and uh, so on. Um all right, so let's get into today's date. Today is March 7th, uh, Sunday. We are recording this. Uh, it aired on Saturday the 6th of March 2021 in the USA and the Friday the 5th on, uh, the, in, actually in the UK. Um, so we're going to discuss episode 9 of season 2 tonight. All right, so before we do, we do have a new email, um, and that email is from Pamela Basse, I think, Basse, um, and this is what Pamela has to say. I am enjoying listening to your views of the discovery of witches. I've read the trilogy, and I agree the show is following the books fairly close. Baldwin was sired by Philippe making him Matthew's stepbrother. It would explain a little of Baldwin and Matthew's relationship in the show. Pam. All right, thank you, Pam, for that email. Uh, does make some sense. Uh, obviously, they're part of the Claremont family, but I think uh, Matthew was sired by Isabel, right? And Baldwin, it appears, was sired by Philippe, maybe. 
Um, so yeah, that is interesting. Um, any thoughts on on uh, Baldwin and Matthew's relationship, Barrett or Kevin? I mean, since they're not sired from the same person, I can see them having some antagonism, even though they're the same family. Yeah, that does make sense. Yeah. What about you, Kevin? What do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, you're, you're going to have some rivalry there, but uh, I don't know. It, it's, I mean, it's definitely different. It, it's more like an adopted family than it is a... Uh, you know, a normal family, but well, uh, it's in- interesting that Matthew is kind of the lead when he's sired by Yisbo and Baldwin was sired by Philippe, but Philippe doesn't have, it sounds like a huge amount of respect for him. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds yeah. like it was just a personality thing with uh, Matthew that uh, there's just something about Matthew that uh, impressed them. I guess you could say, and that's just kind of how that happened, or maybe just because, you know, I mean, I mean, it sounds, I mean, was there anybody else sired by Isabo? I'm sure, but we don't know. <laughs> right, right. It'd be surprising for there only to be Matthew. Well, he does have the sister, so yeah, least, but, but she could have been sired by Philippe. We don't know. They don't say, do they? Well, no, it doesn't. I, I just kind of wonder, maybe because maybe she's maybe he, uh, Matthew's her favorite, that that means it makes kind of gives him a little bit of a an up with uh, Philippe. I I don't know. Well, you would think whoever Philippe sired would be high on his list, but it just doesn't seem that way. Right. No. Well, it appears that Philippe did. Uh, all right, let me rephrase that. Baldwin did become the head of the Claremont family representation to the council, right? Yeah, yeah. Or the circle, or whatever you want to call it. Um, representative, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, but but yeah, that, that's that's the problem with um, a lot of families, unless there's a, a certain chain of who, you know, like the, the British monarch, for example, where the oldest uh, becomes uh, head of state. Uh, if that isn't in place, I mean, we don't know the, the full extent of how vampires are and you did make a good point kevin which is it's a a family that isn't a family by genetics it's a a family by siring which means um there is no real relation i mean like gallo glass um he's scottish right and and matthew is french and yet they're related because of sirings and things of that nature um, yeah, I wonder where Gallo class who who sired him if it was Isabel or Philippe. Yeah, but it's because I mean Gallo glass definitely seems more of a loyal loyal son, you know, or loyal family member. Like he he wants to get along with well, mostly with everybody, but um. But he's definitely has, but I mean, he's definitely shown a lot of loyalty towards Matthew. Yeah. Right. Also, he doesn't seem like the guy that wants to take over or, or be in power. So it makes it a little easier for him not to uh, have that, I guess, the jealousy that rivals would have. 
Yep. So that 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 is that's well, awful he, too. Pretty happy with his lot anyway. I mean, he seems to be happy. He likes being where he is. Yeah, that's the sense I get too. You know, he likes being the guy who's you know he's a serve. He's in a way he's a he's kind of a gopher or a servant, you know, to some extent. But at the same time, though, it's it's obvious that they treat him very well. So he realizes he has it well. So. Why? Why screw that up? You know, he sounds like he doesn't want power. Yeah, exactly. That's my take. And I mean, yeah, so, if, you think, uh, if you think about it, because with his family, they all treat him well, and he realizes he has it well. So I mean, why? Why mess that? My why mess with that? Exactly. Yep, that's true. So. um yeah, I mean that's what that's what I'm guessing. That Galaglass is just uh, a member of the family and not someone that appears to want to be uh, the leader. Uh, so his safety is is more in check uh, from the aboves unless he chooses a side. Yeah, so, and uh, we'll figure that out either next episode or next season if there will be some sort of internal war. Uh, in the Claremont family. Um, all right. So thank you once again, Pam, for uh, emailing us. I appreciate it. Uh, please don't be a stranger. And uh, if you want to give our uh, thoughts again, or Debbie uh, Ledesma, if you want to give thoughts again, or anyone else that want to give thoughts for uh, next week, um, what you know the season finale will bring us, and, and your thoughts on that, we would be glad to hear it, and uh, would gladly uh, read it on the episode. Um, all right, so uh, let's get into our thoughts on uh, this new episode. Uh, before we do, let me just read some uh, stuff uh, here about it. Uh, for everybody who's curious, uh, we are here not to just review, but also to critique. Uh, this is not a movie uh, podcast. It's a show podcast, so people who are listening to this are most likely fans of the show or the books. Very interested in hearing other perspectives. Uh, as they're listening, so obviously spoilers are not concerns to us. Um, this is uh, episode nine that we're talking about, directed by Jonathan Teplitsky and uh, written by Michelle Gale. Uh, Teplitsky, I wrote episode six, which I think most of us felt was, uh, or he directed episode six, so we, we, we felt he was probably, uh, that was probably the best episode of maybe the series, uh, and so this is his follow-up. Uh, Michelle Gale uh, is like a some sort of singer from the UK, and now she uh, wrote a screenplay for this and uh, episode. Um, all right, so let's get our, our thoughts. Uh, let's start with you, Kevin. Uh, what do you think of the episode? Well, I mean, it was good, like all the others. Uh, this one seemed a lot darker. You know, there okay, was. Go on. Yeah, well, okay. I, I mean, I didn't really want to go into too much detail, but. Um, oh, oh, right, right. That, yeah, that's fair. We're, we're, yeah, we're really asking your opinion. That's it. And then we can go into the detail after. Yeah, so uh, your thoughts on it. So it was a darker episode. Uh, how did you enjoy it and whatnot? Well, I, like I said, it, it was good. There, I haven't seen a, a dud episode yet. It was it was all in the, eight, it was all in the 1790s, you know, 1791. Um, uh, 15, 15. 1591. Sorry, sorry. Thank you. Um, but yeah, 1591. Um, 
nothing really resolved per se. We see more progression. We see some good things, but we do see some dark, um, especially more towards the end. And um, it was that we, we also are seeing uh, Diana's power uh, really start to develop and it's she's becoming a force to be reckoned with. Right, very so, good. Very uh, good. I mean, like I said, everything is <laughs> there. There hasn't been a dud. And this is no exception. This was a good one. It's just a little darker than normal. All right. Sounds good. Um, yeah, for me. Um, yeah, I, I was a, a big fan of this episode. I felt this was uh, one of the better episodes of the season and uh, possibly the two seasons. Um, it progressed the story well. There's um, some uh, big plot points. Uh, it really uh, uh, has us uh i guess craving for the season finale and um uh, well done and well written uh so yeah i i enjoyed it a whole lot and uh think it was uh, one of my favorite episodes of uh season two at, at the at the least uh let's go with you barrett um yeah yeah i really really like it. i thought it was really well done um I would agree. I think it's one of the best episodes of both seasons. I'd probably put it maybe number two, maybe three. It depends. Um, but yeah, it's pretty high up there. Uh, I thought it was definitely a little darker, but um, that's kind of to be expected as we get closer to the, as we get to the finale, actually um, we, we get to see a lot of cool stuff in this episode that I was, that we've all been waiting for. So I really enjoyed it. All right. Very good. Okay, so uh, I guess we can get into uh, the discussion, but before we do, let me read uh, the quick synopsis from Wikipedia. Um, episode 9, or episode 17, if you include both seasons. Uh, Queen Elizabeth demands Matthew answer for his failure to retrieve uh, Kelly. Before facing her, Matthew escorts Diana to Goody Alsop, who detects a positive change in Matthew and also in Diana. Uh, she is pregnant. Diana successfully completes the seventh knot that summons her familiar, a fire drake named Cora. The queen detains Matthew while Cecil searches his house for the book of life. He is on the verge of leaving with it when Gallo Glass obstructs him, allowing Jack to steal it back. Matthew turns the queen by revealing the future to her. However, Kit lies to Diana that the queen has imprisoned Matthew and leads her to where Louisa is waiting to kill her. Diana defends herself by unleashing Cora. Matthew takes Kit and Louisa to the psychiatric hospital known as Bedlam, where his blood rage almost leads him to kill his sister. Diana once again calms him down, and they find a new way to connect to each other. All right, so uh, a couple of things. That's uh, a way of putting it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a couple of uh, plot questions that are, or what, what we were trying to figure out was what was going to happen. Uh, it appears Jack is in no way a spy for the Queen or a uh, a little bird, after all, as they call them in Game of Thrones, and he's actually. Uh, on their side, it appears. And Louisa 
uh, was most certainly an antagonist, um, but um, uh, maybe not the blood rage monster of the future that we maybe considered her to possibly be. But at least we do now know um, uh, her storyline as well. Uh, And it also uh, answers a lot of things about Kit, too, which was a character that I think none of us really liked. And I think the show was purposely trying to make us dislike him earlier. And uh, now, now we, we kind of see why. Um, all right. So where, what do you guys want to talk about first and where do you want to go? Well, I mean, we're, well, we have obviously, um, you know, they, they kind of wake up. Diana is trying to, to go look through the book. And then Matthew gets summoned by the queen or I can't remember if he gets summoned, but he, well, he goes to see the queen probably summoned and the queen is less than slightly amused with him. And, um, Matthew essentially outright lies to her, which is pretty gutsy. But before that, he brings her back to that one, uh, elder, witch the one who's been kind of training her and it's obvious that she's, um, she's, she's dying. You know, she's her, her I mean, yeah, she's slowing not, down. She's slowing yeah. She's down. slowing down. I mean, the age is definitely catching up to her. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's, uh, Maggie. Is, it, is her name? Maggie Alsop. I think it is. Uh, Oh, goody. Yeah, I think so. Oh, uh, Goody, you're right. Yeah, it's Goody Alsop. Yeah, Goody. That's right. Yeah. Um. All right. So yeah, let's talk about some of that. So uh, Matthew uh, is confronted with the Queen. Uh, she is pissed that uh, Kelly wasn't brought back. Uh, she finds out that they did get the Book of Life, however, and. Matthew lies by saying that, uh, well, unfortunately, I don't have that either. It was stolen before we uh, got back from Bohemia. Um, so she's pissed. So she says, send Cecil and uh, his guards to search the homestead of uh, where Matthew and Diana are staying with Jack and Galgas and basically. Uh, I was going to have them ransack that house to try to find the book. And until then, Matthew is um, a quote unquote prisoner, if not, not jailed, but, but is forced to stay in the presence of uh, the queen and, and whatnot uh, until they discover, um, or, or I should say return with or without the book. Yeah, he he's what you would probably call a uh, a, a um, uh, an involuntary guest. Yeah, absolutely, that's exactly right. Yep. Um. So. Yeah. Oh, so this is during the time it's like when Matthew drops when Matthew leads uh, Diana um, to Goody Alsop's. That's when Goody realizes that you know, Diane is pregnant. And of course, Matthew is pretty much flabbergasted because he didn't think he, it was possible. He could have kids. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's the other big 
thing. Um, I don't know if it's he can have kids or vampires. Yeah, it seemed kids. strange to me just uh, that that she's pregnant. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um. So that that's a big reveal. So and, and I guess that's uh, would be fairly exciting for um, them as well as uh, readers of the book. Um, I. I must say that I wasn't too surprised. Um, I figured it was going to go that route um, because, you know, they, they did consummate the marriage and they're having relations now and whatnot. So my guess was they were going to possibly uh, get pregnant anyway, uh, even if it's unexpected for vampires to be able to, to do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, all right, so that means that makes her even more important now. Um, I mean, obviously she's important anyway, but this is like makes her more important in a sense, similar to I guess how that the two demons were able to have a witch baby. Yep. Um, so that's this is a similar thing now. Um, and and I also like the way how how they discovered it because yeah, as you said, Kevin, they went to Goody and Goody is, is, uh, as we discussed fading. Uh, but she does say or, or sense that Matthew doesn't have a dark cloud over him anymore. And that's obviously because of, uh, I guess a couple of things, obviously he got married. Um, he's, at least it seems he's controlling his blood rage a little, a little better. Um, and he has Diana to center him uh, when things go wrong due to the blood rage. So he's obviously in a better state. And then the other big news is she discovers uh, Goody that um, Diana is pregnant. Um, let's see, what else do we want to talk about the, these scenes here? Well, I do want to bring up, I thought the woman playing uh, Queen Elizabeth did a fantastic job. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, the casting has been pretty good. I know there's been a couple of complaints about, for example, Isabel, even though Deborah Harkness, I'm sorry, Deborah Harkness, um, felt Isabel's has been well cast. Uh, some people that are fans of the books aren't as happy about it, and it's mostly related to uh, gender stereotypes in the sense that Isabel is an older woman while her husband Philippe is, you know, uh, middle-aged, I guess. And so they, in the book, I guess they were, they were the same age when they were sired. So, so they're, they're both around, you know, I don't know, 40 or something or 50. And, um, obviously both actors for Isabel and Philippe are older than that, but, Isabel is maybe what ten to twelve years older than um, uh, James Purifoy, I would think. If, and so people were complaining acting, about that. If her acting sucked, then I think it would make a difference. But she's so great in the role that it it doesn't matter to me. And you know, I didn't read the books, so I understand that. You know, when you read the books, sometimes you have different expectations. But I just think she's doing a phenomenal yeah. job. So. 
Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I, th- I think so, too. I, I mean, again, not reading the books, I, I don't know, do vampires age, even though they're, in theory, immortal or have long lives? Do they still age, or is it similar to um, uh, that the Anne Rice's vampires, where, you know, a cursed and dunced was turned into a vampire when she was, like, 12, and she was going to remain 12 for the rest of her existence. I, I don't know how it works in the, in this book here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but either way, um, since James Purifoy and the actress that's playing Isabel Dun- Duncan, Lindsay Duncan, uh, aren't ever really in any of the same scenes. Uh, it's, it's not as noticeable. I, I don't think either. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, but either way, uh, that that was just a, a note I noticed from a couple of uh, articles or, or posts by individuals. Um, but yeah, the woman that plays Queen Elizabeth, I think she's really good too. Um, I don't know that who the actress is. Um, I'm trying to look it up now. It's kind of I heard it is Barbara Martin. Barbara Martin. A uh, British actress, she is most known for playing Eve Montgomery in uh, uh, Casualty, whatever that was. Uh, she has appeared in various soap operas, including EastEnders and Brookside, as well as many other drama serials, such as Harry, The Bill, and Band of Gold. So, uh, mm. yeah, a uh, really, really good actress. Um, she plays Threatening. Very well. <laughs> yes, I was like very imperious. I can I can believe she was the queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and she, and they they wrote it really well. Uh, Deborah Harkness put it perfectly because basically she says uh, similar to uh, the Queen of Hearts and Alice in Wonderland, uh, off with your head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> to Matthew, if if yeah, the book is found, and if he, he had lied to her. Um, Kevin, what was your opinion of uh, Queen Elizabeth and uh, the interpretation that we have of uh, the Queen in in this show? I thought she was good. Um, I I really am not familiar with Queen Elizabeth. I mean, I I mean, I see the pictures, you know, that you, you have, you know, you know, the portraits and all that sort of thing, and um. I've seen different depictions of her on film. Uh, there's a real funny one on uh, Blackadder, the Blackadder series, uh, season two of Blackadder. Um, she's, she's really funny uh, in that one. But um, it's a younger version of her, though. But uh... Due to a minor issue in recording, a few moments had to be removed from the podcast. At this point in the podcast, we jump to Diana's training and discuss what she does. Sorry for the minor inconvenience. Yeah, and and we're going to find out a lot of more stuff, too, later in this episode, how powerful Diana does indeed become. Uh, So we'll we'll figure that out. You know, I'm sure next episode she's going to go through all of them and become this they're they're helping her but they don't seem to be teaching her specifically from what i can tell yeah i it's they they don't show her really 
learning. And that's kind of, and I don't know if that's good or bad. We're talking about Game of Thrones, that there was that, uh, I can't remember which character was, that there are just so many episodes of just watching her train. Arya. Arya, right. She's training, oh, that was terrible. She's training, yeah. and she's training, and she's training, and she's training. And you're like, oh, come on, get on with it already. You know, I mean, there's, I think, for example, I remember when we watched Kill Bill Volume 2? No, Volume 1. Yeah, I think it was Volume 1. When she, you know, where you when you watch, you know, the main act, you know, the main character, she was training, but they they didn't show like progressions and in, in, in you know in little bits it was like one part she was starting and then a little bit later you you know that she's been training and then she you you watch that progression but in in chunks you know and in, in um not just gradual but just like okay here's where she was at the when she started okay well this is when she became that the next level it's like the movie Doctor Strange, where you know that one minute he doesn't know a thing, and then you know in the movie, like twenty minutes later, he's starting to really learn all this stuff. And yeah. by the, end of the movie, he's like really, really good. Where you know you don't really need to see him do all that training. You know, they I think at least with, give the illusion of time, which this show does too. Like yeah, you know, time is passing with all the time they're traveling and stuff, and you oh, know she's got to be practicing. So yeah, it's just I kind of wish we would have seen. I mean, the only thing I wish, like the only, I wouldn't call it a complaint, more of just a, an ever so slight nitpick, is that I wish we would have seen her do something in training instead of one minute she really doesn't know a whole lot, and then the next minute she's like snapping her fingers and everything's on fire. Yeah, you a little know. bit more. Yeah, I mean, in season yeah, one, we had, in season one, we had that. In season one, we saw her train a little bit, but here in season two, we don't see her training at all. I mean, we just see her. It's almost like, yeah, it's like she's testing for her 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 next belt. You know, martial arts talk, but it's you know she's testing for her next belt, and that's. You know, you don't see any training along the way. So it's like one minute you're like, where did she learn to do that? Sure, sure. Yeah, all I can say to, to I guess, be devil's pro advocate um, <laughs> is that she... It's devil's advocate. There's no pro in front of it. <laughs> Obviously, I was being facetious. Um, but the, is that she was actually able to do these things and she just needed a push so it's really not even like a training um at least at least that's how it is presented a little bit even though they keep on saying the word training well because even goody Alsop was saying you know you need to finish your training in order to get back to your own time right that's true she did say that yeah. I think it's either training or yeah, she said training is training, right? Not practicing, but training. You know, you need to get there. So, I mean, the thing is, is that does that mean though, if she hits like the tenth or eleventh knot, does that mean she can return to her, her to her own time? Um, right. I mean, no. But it's also interesting. I mean, just total aside that it was funny because she she was also looking through the book at the beginning, and it was like. It was like it was like a Word document scrolling on its own. Um, 
so that I found that kind of interesting. It's almost like she was having a tough time reading it herself. Yeah, well, that that was that was the yeah the first scene of the episode where she's opening the book and the book is uh like you know like you said it's almost like a, a uh, an iPad or something where where it's a screen and 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 the th- letters are moving and all that. It's similar to in episode one of season one where she first opens the book and she sees weird things in it and stuff. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I I don't know if she's trying to interpret the book or not. That's a really good question. Or is she actually just confused and looking at it? Because they haven't really talked too much about the book itself since they've gotten it, right? I mean, what she's found in it, what she's been reading in it. That is a Yeah, they haven't talked at all about that, what's, what's in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do have her her mid uh, nightmare where she saw bad things, and that was kind of related to the book, I assume. But um, yeah, we don't we don't have any real details yet. Um, and I'm curious too if some of the reading the book has helped her in her training, or is that completely separate? Because because you could imply that the book is powerful enough that it could help her in her training and that's why she's learning quickly but uh the show doesn't doesn't uh mention that so that may just be conjecture i don't know i i I mean that's that's an interesting um interesting thought i i honestly don't know um if the book is helping her because like remember when we were talking about it last week it almost seemed like her trying to study the book was actually hurting her. And, but the thing is, is that she was looking at the book to, you know, this episode and she didn't look like she was sick at all. Now, granted, maybe because like we said last week, maybe the only reason why she looked a little gone was just because she wasn't eating, you know, and now that she's eating, maybe things are a little better. I mean, I really don't know, but, um, I don't think the book is helping her gain power. I just think that um, she's just trying to learn stuff from it. And her own power is kind of developing on her own. You know, she doesn't need the, she doesn't need the book to, uh, to gain power because she was already doing that before she got the book. Yeah. That's a fair point too. Yeah. Um, I think she's gaining knowledge by reading the book, but not necessarily from what she's reading. It's just like it's a, a power source almost. And I, I wonder about things like it, it seems coincidental that when she started to read the book, she got pregnant. And it, it I don't know. It's just interesting. I'm that's, not sure where it's going. but It's interesting you mention that because I know Matthew really wanted the book. Because, I mean, I think he even mentioned it that. He wanted to see, like, if the book can help him. Like, especially yeah, it's the book of life, right? I mean, yeah, technically but, written on death, but <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's like, but I mean, he wanted to see if it could help cure his uh, blood rage, right? So maybe because Diana read it, that helped her, um, you know, help them get helped her get pregnant from from Matthew. I mean, we'll see, but it's interesting. Thought. Well, especially because she was getting sick and now she seems 
better, but I guess the sickness might have been morning sickness? I don't know. And it, we really haven't gone anywhere from her saying something's wrong, which kind of feels weird, too. Yeah. Well, she had, in the last episode, she's like, something's very wrong. Well, she had that dream, and that was what was yeah, that was nightmare. wrong. She had the she had the nightmare. So I mean, that was you know. I mean, I understand that, but like a pre- premonition. Yeah, but what's it a premonition of, and why isn't she having? You know, I don't know. She doesn't seem sick anymore, and that premonition seemed to go nowhere right at this point. That's Chekhov's premonition. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. That, that premonition didn't, didn't, or nightmare, I should say, uh, hasn't paid off. That's for sure. Because they didn't mention it at all, really, in this episode. Uh, the book of life itself, whether it helped make her pregnant, that's, that's a really good question. I, I, that never occurred to me at all. Um, it's, it's possible though. Um, because again, yeah, vampires don't have, um, normal pregnancies, how how could she get pregnant by a vampire um, unless she's special or or something is is changed? Uh, so if she's special, then it makes sense. If it's something that's changed, the book of life could be that change. So that makes sense. Uh, and, but again, I, yeah, that didn't, I didn't even think of that. That's that was a good observation or. or possibility uh, hypothesis uh barrett yeah it's just interested me i just thought it was coincidental because <laughs> it's well i mean yeah. she could be have been pregnant before the book but it seems like enough time had passed since they got the book and now she's pregnant so it seems like more likely that they had the book and she got pregnant right right yeah. Well, yeah. and the thing is, is that the other vampires, well, the the sister, uh, forgot her name, uh, Louisa. Louisa freaked out when when uh, she learned that Diana was pregnant. You know, and it wasn't just because, oh, you know, my brother's so bewitched by her, and she got her pregnant. It was, wait a minute, a vampire made made a witch pregnant yeah i mean she 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 understood i mean she kind of reacted similar to to matthew um like i said in the in that there there's something about a vampire making somebody else pregnant um which is very unusual or unheard of right yeah so for folks that were curious what barrett said you, you made a good point there barrett which is the book of life is written upon death. I like yeah. that statement. <laughs> and it's true because it is a book that is written on the skin of creatures, basically. It's kind of gross. Because yeah. the, the, the paper isn't really paper. The parchment is, is like human skin or, or witch's skin and vampire skin and demon skin. And then the cover is not leather it's it's dried skin from one of the creatures and the ink so is fire blood that's right the ink is blood yeah yeah that's right so, and we have um we have the necronomicon uh on our hands here that's right for folks who don't know what that is it's a 
uh, twofold. Uh, one, it's H.P. Uh, Lovecraft wrote about it. Um, some Arab uh, wrote it, and he yeah he used like blood and all that stuff. And then, of course, the old dead films um, played it up pretty well. Um, so yeah, so let's let's talk about uh, a little bit about Kit and Louisa. Um, so Louisa, you know, she, we've only saw her once before, so she was almost like a Chekhov's vampire because she was definitely whisperings in Kit's ear to betray um, Matthews, you know, using jealousy and all that, like Diana's stealing his affections and all this other stuff and whatnot. And of course, Louisa isn't too happy about it because she's similar, I guess, to her mother, which is kill all witches, uh, which is a evil. Never mind the fact that she's just unhinged psychopath, probably anyway, evil or crazy or something. So yeah, let's talk about th- th- that whole situation. And then the big scene, Diana is tricked by Kit into thinking the queen has, is holding Matthew and she seems a little iffy about it the whole way. But he finally gets her out to the, is it Bedlam, the insane asylum? Um, he yeah. gets her out to some, what looked like a, an empty warehouse or barn or something like that. I think it's supposed to, oh no, maybe that's where they get taken in the end. But anyway, he takes her yeah. to some empty place and he brings her there and the Matthew's sister shows up instead of Matthew and she's um she puts diana in chains they don't really show that (laughs) that part um and she starts threatening diana with a gun um and then she's gonna try and have kit shoot her and diana kind of talks to him about his future by telling him a poem that he hasn't written yet but he has thought of right and that kind of puts him aback and he can't shoot her at that point he wants to know his history and so the sister knocks him out and then now did she shoot at before she gave him the gun she shot at diana first and it didn't it missed right yeah or is that that's after right she makes kit try okay yeah so oh, it, yeah it, yeah 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 that's right it it's like this, there was this big bright flash so i yeah. feel like the feet the her familiar did something at that point or she did one of the two to protect her, but they didn't. Well, know. you have to also have to realize is that sometimes those those pistols, those flintlocks, they weren't exactly known for being the best as far as accuracy goes, especially uh, as a pistol. Um, they they were they weren't that great. Uh, like I said, they weren't that great. Yeah. Oh yeah, they've misfired all the time. They they were. It's not that they misfired. It's just they 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 just weren't particularly accurate. So I mean that could have been. Um, but I mean I I have a feeling in this case there was something more to it than just, um, you know, poor quality, poor quality and fo- well yeah. Um, you know, it poor definitely accuracy. fired. Yes, it did. And I don't think it missed. I think it was going straight for her. <laughs> yeah, and I think she just did something where it dot, you know, she deflected the bullet. I mean, that's my opinion, but you know, you never know. 
Yeah, and they didn't really show it. They just had this big, bright flash, and that's all we got to see. Right. Um, so we don't know either, and I, I think that's on purpose. I think it's to make us wonder what yeah. happened. Um. So anyway, then, so she gives Kit the gun. He can't do it, and then she takes the gun again, and she's going to fire, and that is when Diana's familiar comes out, and it is awesome looking, and She's basically puts a circle of fire around them, gets free of her chains. The familiar sitting next to her. And she said, you guys are going to feel pain basically. Yeah, she, <laughs> and that's she, when everyone else shows up. Well, it was more than just that because uh, they kept on accusing her of bewitching Matthew. And she's, and she's saying, well, no, because I even now have approval you know, from Philippe and she's, you know, and she talked about that blood thing that she, that Philippe put on her head and she's like, Oh yeah. Right. Until she, until she touches Diana's head and it was almost like it burnt her and she kind of, she reels back and she was, it, she's, she's starting to, she's not still not happy with her, but she's starting to get scared of her. In my opinion, uh, I think she's starting to get scared of her. Also, she, it also shows that uh, there's something uh, wrong with her, whether she's mentally ill or evil um, or a sociopath or something. Because at that point, you would think, oh, okay, there's proof. I just felt the proof because she's been marked as basically a Claremont now from by Philippe and, and the goddess Diana and all that other stuff. And yet she still doesn't care. And so, because at that point she knows, okay, Matthew is not bewitched. My family has approved of her. And yet she still says, well, we got to kill her anyway. Yeah. Well, that I was think, the part where she went overboard. <laughs> well, I think, I mean, personally, I think all what was going on there was she's, she's just angry. I mean, I, I think it's kind of gotten to the point where she was getting jealous. Um, maybe just the, I don't care if, I don't care if she's, you know, my, my father's approved her, approved of her or not. You know, I think it, she's just upset and she doesn't like this witch, um, being so accepted. And she, she just wants, she just wants Diana gone. One other note, Kit was tricked by her as well, because Kit thought they were just going to send her away. Yes. He didn't think they were going to kill oh. her. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He thought that, you know, he, he said, you know, I thought we were just going to banish her, you know, and that when. Uh, um, and that kind of yeah. surprised me because Diana puts him in the sa same circle at that point after she's learned that he was duped as well. She's still just as mad at him as she is at, at the vampire, um, yeah. which kind of surprised me. She she was pretty she was going to be pretty ruthless at that point. Right. Well, they mark Kit as as basically gone too, uh, because they talk talk about their future. Louisa and Kit's futures are basically ended, and that they both will have painful lives going forward until their quick demise. And that's and what what my gathering is is even though that's true. His by trying to banish her, uh, he's as technically guilty as well because that's obviously uh, against Matthew's wishes. 
plus um, his reasoning to banish her is is pure jealousy and not really because he thinks that Diana has bewitched him. Right. I mean, he's still betrayed. So he's Matthew. still guilty. Yeah. yeah. He's and so instead yes. of killing her, just get get rid of her. And I still think it's betrayal. I just don't think that the levels of betrayal are quite the same. <laughs> One is going to kill and the other is just going to banish. And I don't know. She was. But she we don't know what banish means. We don't well, know he what said they were going to send her over the ocean to or over to the mainland um, in Europe. Right. Which which would could mean that she would basically get murdered, raped. Well, I don't think his intention was ever to murder no, but if if she if she is sent away to uh, banished, you know, I mean, if you're if, put it this way, if it's remember that movie Trading Places, right? When you uh, Dan Aykroyd's character was wealthy, and then they destroy his life, his credit, every and he and he's that's banishment, which is he's homeless yeah. and he goes yep. insane, and he becomes a criminal. Uh, so that that fate is not any good either. No, and, it and, sucks. I agree. I agree. So with that's, that. that's what banishment could mean. Not just leave now, you know? Yeah. I just, I just felt like it was a definite darker part of her personality that shows when she does that and surrounds them with the flame. Right. And we have seen that's up to true. this point because she has been fairly for, I don't know. Forgiving is not the right word. She's been Probably. more of the, um, make things work kind of person than Matthew has been. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, you know, though, I, I think at this point she can actually see the future of people if she yeah. uses her, her magic and she sees the future of both Kit and Louisa as basically interchangeable as even if one wanted to murder and one only wanted to banish the, their guilt must be pretty, pretty bad because you're right. It doesn't sound like it should be the same type of punishment, but she says that Kit's punishment will be his life is is destroyed and that he's going to die quickly. And and in other words, he, he's become banished. Yeah. Well, and you it's know? almost worse what they're going to do to them than what she was going to do too, right? <laughs> she was Repeat just going to probably. One? It's probably what they, their future plans for them were probably going to turn out worse. You know, like they're going to suffer for even longer than Diana was going to make them suffer. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So basically what was going to happen was I think Diana had just an angry moment and wanted to kill them. Yeah. And then Pascal and Matthew stop her. Hubbard, too. I think yeah, oh, Hubbard yeah, actually yeah, stopped yeah, her Hubbard. more than anybody because yeah, he's the right. one that's like, Diana, stop. You're right. Yeah. So Hubbard, you're absolutely right. Um, and, and, and so, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, it's also the, the same plot, right? Like if, if you're in a, at least in the United States, if you're in certain <laughs> States, if you're, you and five of your friends go do a robbery and you're the person that's in the, the, um, the car to drive and and this is actually what happened in uh with the manson family the the woman uh i forget her name the one that's from new hampshire she was the, i think the driver and all if if this murders occur 
in the crime, even though you didn't participate in the actual murder, you're charged with murder too. Uh, because of accessory, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And 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 so technically, Kit, you could argue, is as guilty as Louisa, even if he was duped. Yeah, and sometimes in America, that person gets worse because the other person rolls on them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, so, but yeah, yeah. So, you know, we could debate whether or not Kit's justice is fair, but... I was more surprised at the hardness of uh, Diana than I was by anything that they did to them. I think they deserved everything they got. I just think that she was, she's turning hard. She's becoming much harder as a character. She's ready to kill and ready to punish. Well, yeah. You know what she reminds me of kind of, she kind of reminds me of of Sansa from game of Thrones because where she was, uh, um, you know, who she was in the first couple of seasons, but then like when, when she, ends Ramsey's life um you know she 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 had no problems doing it and and just justifiably to be honest um and so (laughs) and yet and that shows when we were talking about her in in our Game of Thrones podcast uh, you know nothing Jon Snow a Game of Thrones podcast which you can find anywhere podcasts found uh I was arguing that um we were, or I should say, we were arguing that point. Has she become more harsh, or is it more? You know, is, is she becoming more dark, or or is it just this one uppance? You know, and I think this may be just a one uppance too. In other words, she's not going to be dark to anybody except those who who want to harm her. Yeah. Well, and now she has the power to do so, too, right? So that changes the dynamic as well. Yes, that's true. And Kit, as we've seen this whole season, has been a dink. Oh, and yeah. He actually betrayed him already once or twice. You remember? Yeah, this is like the third time. Yeah. 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 So it's not like he's learned his lesson. You know? No. He was given every opportunity several times. And the last time Matthew said, you need to stay away from us or I'm going to kill you. So I think that he's outlived his usefulness at this point. Well, pretty much Matthew banished Kit. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. And and also, also, I I do agree that it's more surprising to see uh, Diana um, act this way than, say, any of the other characters. But again, I think it's it's just one of those moments similar to like the Sansa moment with Ramsey more than her going to yes. become more angry villainous or, or well, not villainous, but angry. Yeah. Well, yeah. and she's, she's had to endure being tortured and all this other stuff. So she's finally at her limit <laughs> and right. she's kind of done with people doing stuff like that to her. So, right, right. Yeah. What ha- what she went through by the finish, which was disgusting. Yeah. You know, and, and at that moment, I, I could, you know, and then also the, the French witch, the one that, that she had to stab, you know. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so, so, so she, yeah, she's had some moments of, of like, quote unquote, dear God moments. So, um, 
so yeah, so not not to justify her reaction to Kit's fate. I'm just trying to uh, um, understand it, and I think that's maybe how it how it kind of is. Yeah. Uh, oh, I would have done worse. I wouldn't have stopped. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> Those guys would have gotten burned and killed by my familiar. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're 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 just trash people. So they they, they anything that happened to them it didn't didn't, didn't matter. Yeah. You know? And that's the, that's the thing. A lot of people forget actions. Are, are reactions are just actions uh, of other people's evil. So if someone does something bad to you, and you react, the thing is, if you didn't do something bad to them. They, you wouldn't have had that reaction in the first place, right? You know, and and that, that's a, a, a some people think is a flaw in in legal systems where where if someone attacks you and then you defend yourself and you actually come up on top, you go to jail. T- you, and the thing is, is that yeah, but if they didn't attack me in the first place, there wouldn't have been an issue. Well, the problem with it, especially when you get to the law, is that there's so much nuance in situations like that. You really need specific, you know, data to know what happened. And it's really hard to do just going off of what people say. It reminds me of the immortal words of Captain uh, Mal Mal from Firefly. The next time somebody tries to kill you, you try to kill them right back. (laughs) I can't look at that show any anymore uh, in a positive note because of Josh Whedon. What a oh, it's still a great show, but yeah, uh, it is. It is. It is. But but I always now similar to like Roman Polanski stuff. It's just certain things, even if it's great, I always it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, but, yeah. But I see. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's still a great show. It doesn't mean he's not talented. Um, just means he's a dink in personal life. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And, and, I, and I don't think, and I, and I don't, and I don't want to punish the actors uh, for something that yeah, they didn't do. Yeah, that's a really good point. A lot of people yep. do that. Yeah, they punish um, because of one of the director or the writer or someone or even the lead actor is a stink. They everybody tries to ban the entire film, but it's like, yeah, but there's like five thousand people that worked on the film that had nothing to do <laughs> exactly. with exactly. Yeah, but people are stupid. Cancel culture. Fuck that. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So, Diana. Um, yeah. So, I, I was surprised, too. I never thought Kit. I didn't. I mean, based off of how they were showing Kit throughout the season, I figured he was going to be a dink. But, and, and he already backstabbed him a couple times. I honestly never thought that he would have gone to this magnitude, even if he was duped himself. Yeah. Oh, I, I, mean, I, 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 I think. Stupid. He was stupid, but I'm not surprised just because he had, I mean, you can, you can say he was bewitched. I mean, not in the same way, but you know, he was duped by the sister. She definitely had his number. Oh yeah. Yeah. She, she, she had, she had him. I mean, she she, knew his pressure points. (laughs) Right. She had him on a, you know, she had control over him. She had him, she had influence over him and, um, because I mean, when when he I mean he tried to talk to I mean Kit tried to talk to Matthew on his way to the Queen, and 
I mean, that was kind of, that might have been the final straw for Kit because Matthew pretty much said, you know, get out of my sight. I never want to see you again. And that was kind of enough for Kit. And that's when Kit really screwed up. You know, it's one thing to say, all right, you know, Matthew doesn't want to see me anymore. It's now not only does Matthew not want to be my friend anymore, he wants me dead. Uh, tortured first, but dead, you know, and it's just, you know, you're out of the frying proverbial frying pan into the fire. Yeah. And it makes sense for, for Matthew to want to kill both his sister and his old friend, because they basically, one wanted to kill his, his wife and the other one wanted to banish his wife. And if right. either, if, if anybody did that to any of us, um, we wouldn't be too happy about it either. Oh, no. no. No, no. But I mean, it's just when when Diana, you know, and then okay, so we we mentioned it before, you know, um, you know, the sister tries to shoot Diana once, you know, the guns for some reason does it misses or something happens with the bullet. But then they try it again. Diana calls on Cora, the uh, the Drake and the Drake pretty much takes the bullet, you know, kind of. Probably, probably because it's a fire thing, fire creature. It probably just melts the bullet. And Diana, I mean, so the thing starts flying around. But then, as they're trying to leave, Diana pretty much some, you know, forms a, a, a fire circle around them, trapping them in there. And so, and then she's about. I mean, she is about to kill them. She is about to make them make the rest of their lives, which is very, which would have been very short. Uh, very painful until Matthew, the the, the vampire priest, and yeah, Hubbard. Thick, Hubbard, right? And uh, who else was in no, there? Class, uh, Glasgow. 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 Yeah, Glasgow. Glasgow. Glasgow comes in. And they pretty much tell they. Uh, it was especially uh, Hubbard. Just says, you know, Diana, stop this, stop this. You don't want to go. You don't want to do this. And so they calm her down which is kind of ironic because she's usually the one that was calming uh, Matthew down. So now yeah, they're right. calming her down. Um, she's really, I mean, obviously she's really PO'd. And then, um, so she, she gets rid of the fire and she pretty much tells Cora, you know, thank you for helping me out. And Cora just kind of disappeared. Well, Cora goes back into her. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, Cora, yeah. you know, kind of, you know, kind of gets, goes back in Diana and then pretty much um, Matthew says, you know, bring him to um, Bedlam, which is an insane asylum. And he's so later on, Diana um, goes to Bedlam with uh, Gallo Glass because Gallo Glass is like, well, I, I can't let you go. And she says, well, I'm going whether you like it or not. So he decides to go with her to maybe help her. And Matthew is torturing the two of them. And he was about ready to kill his sister right then and there. Um, yeah, I mean, he had the got, blood rage going. Yeah, oh he man, had the blood he rage. Ever, yeah, cow. he had the blood rage going, but I mean, he he barely even noticed Kit. Like Kit did something, and he, you know, Matthew just kind of slaps him aside. But uh, he almost pretty much squeezed off her head. Um, you know, yeah, and, and that's when I can't remember if that's when they mentioned pregnant. Uh, yeah, that's the mention when when they found out she was pregnant. And that's when she really got upset, you know, because first, you know, they she finds that Philippe accepts her. And now that they find out that that, 
you know, Diana's pregnant by Matthew. And she's like that. She realizes that can't be. And so she's she's almost telling Matthew to snap her neck. Well, it was kind of cool that she could, even though you didn't see the blood on her forehead, she could see she could tell that that Mark was there. Well, she touched it. Yeah. And, it, and she backed off when she touched yeah. it because she well, knew it was there. It was just kind of cool that 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 Mark is there for good now. Yeah. Right. Oh, and, and it was awesome, too, how she insults Louisa by saying, and you haven't you haven't felt or, 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 you know, the aura or whatever it is that that I'm been accepted yeah. by Philippe and and that I've been mated and all this other stuff. And and it just shows you how stupid or, or weak one of the two powers of uh, Louisa is if she didn't yeah. see it. You know, uh, right away. You know. Yep. Um. So we we did learn two other things. Oh, oh yeah. For folks who are interesting, familiars. What a familiar is who who aren't really familiar with uh, what that means. A familiar is a little beast that, at least in Dungeons and Dragons, is how it was 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 discussed. It's a little beast that hangs out with witches and magic users and gives them some protection and. Um, it's it like can be anything from a black. I'm sorry. It's also like a storage of uh, power. Yeah, and and it, uh, so it could be like a black cat, or it, or it could be even something as as we see here, a, a, a trake. Um, but obviously, since this is the quote unquote real world, you can't just have little creatures walking around. So I like how they they do it in this show. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's a really good idea, which is kind of goes it, back inside of her whenever it's done. Yeah, it doesn't walk around and hang out with her like it would in Dungeons and Dragons. So I thought that was a pretty cool way that they, they, they go about it. Um, now, we did learn two things uh, also, which is that Hubbard and Jack are on the good side because we weren't sure if they were both, if Hubbard was more. And was very ambiguous. Hubbard was very ambiguous. And Jack, we were actually even thinking maybe a spy um, because he was the one that demanded to go to Bohemia to find them. So what we learn is that based off of this episode, neither are they're both on the good side. Am I right to say that? Yeah, I think so. And Hubbard, I think, definitely acquitted himself in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, and Jack, too, for stealing the book. Yeah, yeah, he stole awesome. the book back. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, they were even talking about trying to figure out what to do with Jack when they, when, um, when Diana and um, oh, go back to the future, and, yeah. you know, came back to the future. But then I have a feeling that when they figure out how to go back to the future, Diana, because uh, I think Matthew is going to be convinced to bring Jack back with him. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure, and I'll tell you why, because our listener. Uh, Debbie Ledesma mentioned that in her email that Jack plays an important part in season three. And if that's the case, there's only two yeah. ways that can happen since it's supposed to be, she also said is all back in 2021. So there's only two ways. One, he becomes a vampire or two, which is more likely they take him back with them when they time trip, because it shows that, if she can take Matthew with her, why can't she take 
uh, Jack as well back, you know. And she's getting powerful enough she can do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we've already learned that she's the first witch ever to be able to have all four elements elementals inside her or the power of all four elementals and i think she's one of the only witches to be able to tie the magic knots and and not just the one one type of magic knot but all of them so i i could see her them taking jack back with them uh but yeah you someone i forget if it was you barrett or you kevin saying that hubbard really showed uh, uh, his good side. The, this I think it may have been you, Barrett. You were mentioning something. Yeah. I yeah, I was. I said that he he definitely showed himself as a good good guy in this one because he was the one that was clamoring for her to stop because he was concerned about her, you know, making herself a worse person by killing people like that. Right, right, right. Exactly. Without calming down and thinking about it, because she was just using like her version of bloodlust in a sense. Yeah. She was in pure rage mode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So let's talk about, uh, Elizabeth, to, uh, wrap up the Elizabeth story. Um, so oddly she's, and it's not surprisingly the, 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 this is not my opinion. This is just a running joke. I mean, you even see it in the Simpsons for crying out loud. Uh, British teeth are terrible. <laughs> yep. And Queen Elizabeth has uh, what we would call a sore tooth or a, or yeah, bad toothache. Tooth. Toothache, Several. yeah. <laughs> Several. And um, they didn't find a book at Diana and Matthew's place. So that is, is good. But she still thinks he may have lied. And so what Matthew says... Well, they did find the book. They just stole it back, right? And this is right, before right. before no, no. he even gets back with the books. She's already made her decision. That's true. But my point was is that um, the book is gone because, like you said, it's it's back in their possession without them knowing. Uh, yeah. Without Cecil knowing. But either way, um, she. Yeah, I mean, uh, Matthew says decides that he's going to quote unquote tell the truth. Elizabeth. I call and it so, playing on her ego. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Um, and and I like how the screenplay, and it probably is in the books as well, how the book, they say, basically what it is, is he cuts his his uh, tooth or finger or something, and he has a, a drop of blood, and he puts it on Elizabeth's mouth, and it cures her, her tooth issues. And Elizabeth says, if I had your blood, I could live forever. And then Matthew says, remember what I said, if we ever had a, a person of power that was one of the special beings, like a vampire, it would cause so much chaos. And and she goes, so she agrees. Well, then she says, yeah, but if when I die, won't there be chaos? And again, because this is at the point where uh, she doesn't have any children, and um, so her house dies with her um and matthew t basically says the future which is you know you'll be a famous queen um there won't be uh any chaos um there will be peaceful transition england will you know 
be great for 400, you know, on and on. And so she's satisfied with that. And I, I like that, how they put that in the screenplay. But more importantly is um, she believes him when, and just, and actually believes that you are a Matthew of the future and not the Matthew of the present. Um, yeah, I thought that scene was beautifully done. I, I just thought their interchange was really good. Um, she had that just, you know, queen air and aura about her, but she still, you know, finally succumbs to his telling her the truth. And that was more important to her that, you know, that Britain survives than that she survives. Right. That's a really good way to put it, Barrett. Well done. Yeah. Britain survives is what really counts uh, because Britain is more important than any individual, no matter who that individual is. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that was excellent. That's a well, well done. Well done. Um, so, yeah, so she um, believes him and is good with him and doesn't care about um, his lying and his failure at also getting Kelly. So that, that was pretty good. Uh, I thought, yeah, it was a well done scene. Well, uh, really, I mean, he doesn't know that he lied. Because she I mean, doesn't care though. At that point, once the guy comes with the books and says, I have all the books from there. She's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. Yeah. I've, I've, I've forgive them or something of that nature. She yeah. Says, yeah. He says like, I've already forgiven them. Yeah. And Cecil, Cecil is, is a little confused, uh, <laughs> but he he says, yeah, he, he nods and he's, he, you know, he's a good soldier. So, um, well, this is the queen. I mean, you don't really question the queen. You don't really say, you know, well, you, it, you know what you're doing because then, you know, <laughs> that might be his, his last mistake, you know? Well, and yeah. a couple of things. He, he's got a good gig going on there. And also, um, I, I I think he has a decent heart in a sense. I don't I don't I don't think he's necessarily cares either. In other words, he's not there. I we must kill this Matthew. He's like, all right, fair enough. Works for me. As you <laughs> wish. Well, Matthew. yeah. His first loyalty is the queen. So if the queen says, ignore it, fine, forget it. Then he's like you say he's just gonna be gal. Okay, fine. You know it's you're the queen. Um, you're the monarch. I'm not. I'm not gonna. You know I'm not gonna question you. It's just gonna be fine. You know whatever you say. Like you said, a good soldier. Yep. Um. All right. So let's see. What else is there? Anything else in this episode that we other scenes that that we haven't discussed and dissected? Anyone? Well, ah, we, I think we've uh, quite we a bit. Ne- yeah, we have next week on. Um, yeah, let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, oh, because yeah. this, again, was the penultimate episode, which means uh, the one right before the finale. And next week is the season finale. Uh, right. So we'll definitely be back for one more week. Um, and we may do one more episode. We'll, you know, we'll discuss afterwards if we want to. But we may do a, you know, if we want to do a season wrap up or what we think is going to happen in season three, you know, even if it's only a half hour episode, 
um, we could probably throw that out there, but um, we'll definitely be back for next week for sure uh, to discuss the finale. Um, so let's let's talk about the the coming next week attractions. What do you guys think? It looked to me like we were going to still have a pa- in the past episode, but it's probably going to end up in the back in the future. That's kind of what it felt like to me. Well, it's a mix because they do have to get back. Right. Uh, but the thing is, is that, I mean, I mean, even though they didn't cover it, my guess is, is that Diane is going to complete all of the, the knots, you know, tie all the knots that she has to. Um, and then, you know, but the thing is, is that virtually everything that we had for next week was all in the present. And, um, I keep on forgetting their names. So, uh, Gilbert, the Jaber uh, was talking to somebody. Jaber and Knox are talking to each other, talking about, you know, I have reason to believe that the witches are staying at the, at the Claremonts. Um, you know, it's a tour. And then, um, well, in that temple of Diana, you have uh, Knox. I think that was Knox. I get confused between the two of yeah, them. Yeah, it was. It was Knox. It was Knox. Yeah, it was, he was like Knox. picking some some well, charred was, thing or something. Well, he. That's where they were doing the ash. That's where they were doing the. That's where the witches yeah. were trying to contact uh, uh, Diana's mother. So. Oh I mean, right. Yep. So he probably recognized what it was. Um. You know, but then also the one guy, the the Italian guy who's kind of trying to be a, uh, you know, vampire for hire, uh, looks like he gets attacked. Yeah, by the rage vampire. Yeah, by the rage vampire. Who, who, which guy is this? Domenico. Domenico Oh, Domenico gets attacked by Fuchs. Well, we don't know if it's Fuchs. We just know it's a rage vampire. Yeah, Ooh, that would be interesting if they wipe out Domenico. I I I would be bummed because out of all I the like him. the bad guys, I like him the best. Yeah, because he's too. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah, he's my favorite. He's well, kind he's of a neutral really party a, almost. Yeah, yeah, he's he's an opportunist. He's, he's kind of, yes. Yeah, he's an opportunist. But the thing. Oh, also, then we get. Um, dang it! Why do I have a problem with the names? Um, we've got the uh, the. Oh, Philippe, or not Philippe, uh, Matthew's brother, or whatever. Uh, Baldwin, Baldwin. No, no, the the uh, the young guy. Oh, the guy. oh, oh, his his Marcus, his his Marcus, son. right? Marcus, right? He has Marcus, uh, with the woman. Yeah, Phoebe. They're, kind of, they're dri- Phoebe. They're they're driving, talking about stuff, but you kind of wonder what's going to happen from that. Oh, and the, yeah, the witches or the demons are in the castle too with the baby. Oh yeah, that's right. And they some one of them senses a powerful, powerful presence outside, and then that's when they show uh, uh, knocks out. But I have I have a feeling the powerful presence might be uh, Diana. Ooh, well done. Because yeah, they, be you, know they, you know how they like to tease you with stuff, but. Yeah, and you think it's a bad guy, and they, they think it's a bad guy, but in reality, yeah. it's going to be the powerful Diana. Yeah, yeah that's might wonderful. That coming back. Yeah, yeah, and that could be could be the the cliffhanger right there for until season three. 
Yeah, well played there. Wow, Barrett. I mean, not Barrett. Kevin, Kevin, you're dissecting really good there. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Hey. Yeah. You watch uh, these shows long, watch the, the, the trailers long enough, you kind of realize they, they, they always try to do a, uh, a switcheroo on you. True. Yeah, that is true. the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it'll be curious to see um, what happens, but you're right. A lot of it was, was in the, in the present. So I wonder if Diana and um, uh, Matthew may have a minimal showing in next week's episode. Yeah. It's a good question, yeah. yeah. So I'll be curious to see what happens. Yeah, And also, we're going to find out if anybody survived from 1591, like like Louisa or a kid or someone, but I, I don't think so. I think they're, they're done because Diana... Well, it's and, a demon. He can't. Yeah, he can anyway. And then yeah, Diana basically... Diana basically mentioned that Louise's life is a, is very short at this point anyway. Um, so, yeah, but we'll see Fuchs probably. He's he's going to be making it. Well, I mean, I have a feeling we'll see Gallo Glass again. I mean, I'm I'm sure yeah, Gallo yeah. somehow is going to kind of pop up in the future and say, hey, what took you so long? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, based off of uh, two things, uh, Debbie... Our, that emailed us last week. She mentioned yeah. that Fuchs is huge uh, story in season three, and then what Gallo Glass, the actor that played him, uh, said on Twitter and Instagram and all those other places how he was happy to be part of this show and whatever after wrapping up season three. So obviously, if he was in season three, he's he's going to play an important role as well. Um, so yeah, that's true. Um, we did forget one scene. In this episode here, though, the penultimate episode, and when, and that was the bed scene when they decide to share their um, secrets with each other. Well, they they definitely bond uh, in a in a only a, we, in a witch and vampire way because I mean there's there's something I mean Matthew has bitten her in the past, but this way. The way he's bit, biting her now, it's like he, he's like getting memories or whatever, you know, by biting her. And then she has the witch's kiss, which kind of kind of reveals Matthew, like for who he really is or something like that. And yeah. I mean, you, you want to talk bonding, I mean, or consummation. I mean, that's a that's a definite consummation of a marriage right there. Um, I was I was. I was kind of worried at first because, all right, so Diana has no secrets. So when he, she gets the, she gives his, basically remember how Hubbard reads people's secrets by taking their blood. And then the French vampire that tried to attack Diana was trying to do the same thing. Well, she's willingly offers her secrets to Matthew. So Matthew bites her. Uh, on the breasts, she drinks some blood, and then he can see all her past and and all that stuff. Now, when he, she does his, and she does it with like like you said, the witch's kiss, which is this kind of little light that comes from her mouth or something to 
him. And I was worried that she was going to see the thousands of people that he's killed because you remember he said he, he was his father's tool and his mother's tool and they killed th- thousands of people I've killed and all this other stuff. So he's had some bad stuff in his past. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And at first they showed her expression as if she was going to be upset, but then she smiles. Um, so we can gather that what she saw, whether bad or not, she understands and, and, you know, whatever. And that, that, um, he, he obviously had, has a, a quote unquote illness, whether it's mental or physical or probably both, which is the blood rage. Um, and if he didn't have the blood rage, he, he most likely w- wouldn't have been, uh, having some of those problems in the past. Um, well, I think also part of it is is that when she sees him for who he is, she's seeing him not for what he's done, but maybe right. his soul. For his soul. The the penitent, if you will, side of a side of all of that. The yeah, I did all that stuff, but boy, do I wish I didn't do it. Right, right, right. You know, and yeah. it's. I mean, the thing is, I mean, you look at. I mean, granted, you know, this was. You know, 1591, and she meets him in 2020, if you will, 2020, 2019, or whatever. So, I mean, you're looking at a couple hundred years. I mean, even a vampire can change in 200 years. So, probably what we saw was a guy who really regretted, you know, his past, you know, and what he did. And so, what she sees is Matthew for who he is, the... You know, because I mean, usually when he gets into a blood rage, he get, he's been getting into a blood rage because of Diana, you know, either protecting Diana or saving Diana or something like that. Because every time he went into a blood rage, he wasn't threatening Diana at all. He was angry, but it was like Diana was calming him down and he let her because it was it wasn't Diana that he was in a rage about it was or in a rage towards but it's because of her he was in a rage because people were threatening her so i mean he was i mean and they made him sound like he was like a growling wolf which kind of makes sense that you know he as a wolf he was i mean wolves only wolves only attack people when they feel that they are threatened they are rabid or their pack or their young are threatened so you got a guy who's kind of rabid in a way, and his pack is threatened, and his you know his mate is threatened. So yeah, he's going to be attacking, but he won't attack his own, you know, if you will. Yeah. Well, yeah, and now that's she's an pregnant. Way to explain it. Oh well, yeah. Now that she's pregnant, he's going to be even more protective. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what? What that? whole scene symbolizes isn't really their secrets it's more symbolizes that they are one and the same you know like marriage you know you're supposed to be a union and you become one entity rather than two individuals and and this is just a a further symbolic move to that i guess this is yeah this is definitely more um a I, I, I next level in bond in bonding, if you will. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and and I would also say that the character Diana, uh, if if this matters to to people, because I know some people just say, oh, "Don't don't talk about this crap," but um, she is a new wave feminist, you could say. I mean, if you would even want to, even if I, I doubt she would ever even call herself a feminist, uh, even though she's, you know, but she's, you know, highly educated, uh, has a PhD, um, and, and but she's also uh, happy to become a mother, and she's also a powerful witch. So, so you know, in other words, she can do everything. You know what I'm saying? So she's like the true feminine feminist, if that makes any sense. You know, because some feminists would say poo-poo to getting married with kids others would say um you know something else and whatnot and and yet she encompasses pretty much every form of um i guess quote-unquote womanhood in a sense in in every every way as as a or quote-unquote feminist in every way i guess um if anybody would want to look at it that way i don't know what your thoughts are on that or am i overthinking it anyone um, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think in terms like that. So <laughs> yeah, that's why I, I opened it up that way, but I, know I, I try to avoid that so that I don't get stuck in this thing that kind of gets me to kind of cube up the character into this role sure. that I don't, don't want to yeah. see. <laughs> right. No, and, and, and that's fair. I, I just wanted to bring it up because, um, if you read some critics and, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are, are, or, or viewers of this show, I should say, uh, look at the character a certain way um, yeah. and see maybe some of that stuff. And and uh, so I just wanted to bring it up as, as a uh, talking point, if in passing. I am sure there are people that will see, you know, both sides in her character. Because <laughs> people see what they want to see, you know what I mean? But yeah. um, her yeah, character is definitely filled with nuance, and she is a very strong female character. Indeed, indeed, yep, yep. Um, and uh, Teresa Palmer uh, was well cast, in, and that's the only reason why I even got into the show was because uh, I'm a fan of Teresa Palmer, and uh, um, I follow her. Um, and and when I found out that she was on the show, that's when I suggested um, doing the season one with you guys back last year, um, with the, when I when we did our wrap up of season one episode. Yeah. Uh, Hey, supposedly she's going to be in a horror movie that's coming. You know, she hasn't filmed it yet, but she's been put on the cast. As oh, no kidding. Actor, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's done some damn good horror films like uh, Lights Out and Warm Bodies. Uh, she was the lead in both of those films. Um, yeah. Oh, and, and uh, she was also the lead in The Berlin Syndrome, which is another great horror film. So, so she, yeah, she's well uh, traveled in, in uh, the horror genre as well. So. Um, all right, so I guess uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, uh, so we guess we can give our final thoughts on the episode. Uh, so let's start with you, Barrett. I really, really like this episode. I thought the CGI was really well done for her familiar, which could have been done poorly and was not, and they used it the right amount. Um, and the storyline was great. The acting was great. It was definitely one of the better episodes of the two seasons. Where it fits for me, I'm still not sure. I think it's probably two or three on out of all the episodes of both seasons. 
All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, I, I would concur. Uh, this is probably two or three as well. Uh, as uh, oddly, uh, the director of this this episode did the best episode too. I think we all agreed, which was episode six of season two. And uh, for me, Newbard, uh, he this he's he has possibly the second best episode of the entire series as well. Uh, with this one, uh, I love this episode. Uh, it was exciting. Um, suspenseful, uh, great special effects, um, tied up and answered a lot of questions. And, um, and as, as always the, the acting and, um, set designs and costume designs were, were all fantastic as well. So, uh, yeah, big, 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 big thumbs up. Uh, Kevin. Yeah, this was good. Definitely one of the better ones. And that's saying something. It, like I said, uh, when we see the parts with Matthew uh, going into blood rage, yes, it got dark. We saw Diana really, really angry. That was dark, but it was it was still very, very good. I, I, I can't really add on to anything uh, either of you have said. So it's a, it's a great series. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for folks who are curious, uh, Jonathan Toplitsky, uh, the director of this episode and episode six, uh, oddly uh, directed, I, I'm not, I'm sorry, yeah, he won a BAFTA TV award for his work on the BBC documentary A Vampire's Life from 1993 about Anne Rice. So, a biography on Anne Rice. He hasn't done much, but yeah, yeah, that is kind of interesting. Um, but one thing about uh, this. Uh, this guy is that I, I would love to see this guy maybe do a, a motion picture. He has, he's had a couple of smaller films, but I would love to see him get a Hollywood picture. Um, because, uh, he, he seems like he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So a uh, big thumbs up to you, Jonathan Toplitsky, uh, as well. Um, all right. So I guess we can, uh, wrap up this episode so next week we will be back to uh, discuss the finale season finale of season two um and that will be uh exciting um the podcast uh may have a a, a follow-up episode to discuss what we think is going to happen in the future uh thing you know in season three things of that nature maybe a little wrap up of season two and just some general uh thoughts and, and comments on vampires and and witches and and mythology and stuff too, uh, just for the, you know, whatever related to this, uh, dark fantasy, how does it stack up against other dark fantasy or mystical realism tales and so on and so forth. Um, so, uh, we will be back, uh, hopefully to, uh, release the episode next week's episode on the 15th is what we're hoping for. And then maybe we will have a 22nd, uh, episode for the 22nd too, but we'll discuss, um, and we'll let everybody know anyway, next week. Uh, so with all that stated, uh, Kevin, why don't you lead us out? All right. Thank you for listening to this episode and please join us next week when we cover the season finale. And, uh, we're definitely looking forward to it.